that I tried to swim against have brought me down on my knees. I beg, I beg, I beg and plead. Sing. Come out of things unsaid. Shoot an apple off my head. A trouble. Welcome to Mondays with Millie, a podcast about the past with real relevance to the present day. I'm your host, Phil Cristofaro, and in this podcast series, I interview my 90-year-old mother-in-law, Doreen, who I affectionately call Millie, about her ordinary life and the extraordinary events which influenced it. Millie has witnessed firsthand some incredible things across 10 decades. This is a personal history which gives us some perspective about life's triumphs and challenges. Could not stop now that you know soon come out upon my seas cursed mist opportunities am I part of the cure or am I part of the disease Season 7 of Mondays with Millie, where we cover the decade of the 2000s. In episode 1, Millie recalls the millennium bug and its associated hysteria. Millie and JC are in Australia when 9-11 happens, but it's a very early part of this decade where they get to celebrate and enjoy the arrival of two new grandchildren, Flynn and Neve. Please enjoy this new series and episode one of Mondays with Millie. Seven seasons, and we're moving into the 2000s now. And um, you've just ticked over 4,000 listens, and you've got a new, uh, some new listeners from Colombia. How's your Spanish? You, you, need, a, uh, you need to be good with geography <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> to find all these places. You do. Do you speak Spanish? How's your Spanish? No, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, I, well, I do, I do, but it's in sign language. Ah, uh, right, <laughs> which doesn't work very well on a podcast, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we'll say hola and buenos dias to our Colombian listeners. Um, so, the year two thousand. What do you remember about? That that's the the new millennium came in, and uh, I don't know whether you remember, but there was a, a a fairly paranoid lead up to the turn of the millennium, where we had the millennium bug and businesses yes. were spending 
millions and millions of dollars and pounds on trying to prevent meltdown of their microwaves and things. What do you remember about that? Oh, yes. People people seem to think that everything was going to go wrong electrically, you know, uh, almost the world, the world as we know it was going to come to an end. <laughs> A lot of people were very, very nervous. They were. Um, about what they could do. I mean, some people thought that the telephone system was going to go down as well. You know, it was crazy. But now the latest on the Millennium Bug with Peter and Philippa. Indeed, and Gabby, we mustn't forget that with all this excitement going on, there are some very, very worried people all over the world. The Millennium Bug, has it struck or hasn't it? 25, 35 minutes from now, we'll know what's happening in this country, what's happened over all the rest of the world. Those bugs are going to crawl all over our computers and make the planes fall out of the sky. Are they doing it or not? Well, now let's look at our bug watch map. Here it is. And the big threat really seems to be in Japan. Nothing much has happened in Southeast Asia. But when you get to Japan, the bug seems to have struck, possibly struck in two places, two really rather serious incidents uh, at Ishikawa and Onagawa, both of them nuclear power plants. At Ishikawa, and the radiation monitoring system has failed. Were you, uh, do you remember being worried about it? Well, I wasn't personally worried about it. I thought, well, you know, so what? We'll go back to horses and carts if the cars won't work. <laughs> I've never been really worried about um, uh, that sort of thing, you know. Life goes on, whatever. Yeah, of course. Do you remember where you were? Did you celebrate in any particular way? Yes, we, we just... Um, celebrated with Bob and Barbara as usual and Tom you know I just had our own little celebration uh, I know um, they showed you on television they'd open this um, I think it's it's now called the O2 isn't it uh, in London um, they called it the Millennium something or other then oh, and the Queen, yeah yeah, yeah yes, I remember that. And, the, and the poor Queen had to go and Prince Philip, and um, there was Tony Blair and his wife, and uh, they had the Queen uh, singing "Old Lang Syne" and all sorts of stuff. You know, <laughs> she didn't look as though she really wanted to be there. It was very noisy. There was something controversial about that Millennium Dome, wasn't there? Yes, there was, yes. Was it the cost yes. of it or...? Oh, yes. It, it, it was, yes, they spent far too much money on it. I think, don't they call it the O2 now? Yeah, maybe. They call it the O2, yes. I know Alex, um, when Alex went to work in London, he shared a flat with a friend of his, very nice flat, a brand new one overlooking the river and that was the end of the line at Greenwich you know and you got off uh, the uh, train there uh, right opposite the O2 uh, that's all I know about it I've never been inside it no and nor have I actually um, now you got a you got a very nice uh, message on the Facebook page from one of your your best listeners um, Jackie Irvin now, Jackie lives in 
a bit of a shout out to Jackie. She lives in Adelaide, but she grew up in St. Anne's and um, she mentioned, and I'll just read it out to you. Uh, Phil, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying these. Have plenty of tears um, relating to the memories. When did Millie move back to St. Anne's? When was that? Was that 71? Was 71, that? yes. Because Kirsten yes. was really young, wasn't she? Yeah, she was two and a half then, yes. Well, yes. she goes on and says that um, it's like she's sitting in a lounge room talking to her grandmother. Hearing oh, about really? The, yeah, <laughs> hearing about the past. You know, she's hearing, I guess, the sort of questions that she would have loved to have asked her own grandmother. So it's very sentimental to her. So... um. So welcome, Jackie, and hope you're enjoying. Uh, you're, you're still with us in season seven. Well, do give her my regards, won't you? I already have. I already have. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit of a fast forward to 9-11, which was a pretty big event. Changed the world pretty much in an it instant. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. Where were you when that happened? Well, I, I was... I was John and I were, we'd only arrived a few days before uh, in Australia. And um, Kirsten, well, you had to work, of course, you were te teaching. But Kirsten um, and, uh, arranged to go away with us. And we, we went up to, um, well, we were in Queensland, weren't we? Yeah, Somewhere in Queensland. You were. You were. Mm. And uh, Coolum, was it called Coolum? Yes, I believe it was. Yeah. Yes, yes, and uh, she'd she'd um, rented this apartment there in a very nice complex, swimming pool and all the rest of it. And of course, Flynn was just a few months old, uh, and then for some reason, I something happened to me, and then uh, I I collapsed. I was fine really. One minute I'm cooking a chicken, and the next minute, you know. Uh, I was all over the place. So I had to go and spend a night in hospital, which was about a two-hour drive to the hospital. And this ambulance came for me. And, of course, all, all I was worried about was getting back again because, you know, I'd left my daughter, our daughter, in a strange place with a young baby, didn't know anybody, and um, and I was very worried for her safety, you see. Anyway, the following morning, they said, well, I could go if uh, I could arrange to have a, a an X-ray a lo locally, you know, because over there you have all these small private radiography departments, don't you? You know, clinics. Mm. And, of course, uh, we're not used to that here, you see. Uh, so the following morning, of course, Kirsten took me to this clinic and... Um, which was quite funny, really, because, of course, she was into not interfering, but she was making sure that she 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 knew exactly what was on my X-ray, you know. And um, she suddenly said to me, "Gosh, Mum, I didn't know you had an extra vertebrae in your neck." <laughs> we, the the radiographer that was actually doing the job looked quite startled. But anyway, uh, the following day. Um, I was feeling better, so Kirsten said, come on, I'll take you for a nice drive. So we drove around and went to one or two places, and we were on the way back to the apartment, 
I think it was about five o'clock in the afternoon. And she put the radio on in the car and suddenly there was all this, well, it was, we didn't know what was going on. You know, it all sounded very complicated. We, we, we just weren't sure whether we'd, we, we were talk, they were talking about a film or what was happening. It was all about planes crashing into buildings and things, you know. It was really... And then, of course, uh, she she phoned you and apparently you you also uh, were confused, weren't you? Hadn't you got home from work and, and didn't realise that it was actually happening at first? Well, everybody had... I think I had the TV on without the sound turned up and I could... You know, I mean, it's such iconic footage, isn't it? It's just incredible. Yes. Um, and I, I think every would have, everyone would have felt that shock, um, you know, of seeing such a graphic thing happen. Uh, and I think at the time I'd, I thought, oh, someone's, you know, thought it was an act, some sort of accident, you know, but then it sort of was very quickly dawned on us that... Uh, as a deliberate act and of um, yes. infamy. I mean, well, mm. once the second plane, once the second plane crashed into the building, you knew it wasn't an accident. Terrible. Tell me about um, what was it like to hear about the birth of young Flynn at the time, going oh. back six months <laughs> or so before that. Oh, we were very excited. <laughs> Am I allowed to say this? You can cut it out if you like, but Kirsten was telling me that um, she said to you, you know, you were going to play, was it basketball or something? You were going to play something with your, the team that you always played with. And um, she suddenly said, I, you know, uh, I think this baby's on the way. And she said, you said, oh, have a time to go and play. <laughs> have a time to go and play this game. And she said, no, you haven't time for anything. <laughs> well, I didn't, I mean, I didn't said, know what was happening. I mean, I'm going to... She said, you had, you had a book and you said, well, uh, oh, it's all right. You've loads of time. It says you've loads of time <laughs> in the book or something. She said, Phil's going by the book. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, dear. Uh, it makes me... Um... Makes me wonder what I was thinking, really, going off and playing a game <laughs> of basketball. I'll just, I'll, it's only, you know, 40 minute game. How, how, and Flynn was yeah. in a bit of a hurry to get to come into the yeah. world, too. So, yeah. and I mean, normally you'd, you would have thought, oh, there's loads of time, you know, we'll do something to kill time. And Kirsten was quite laid back, really, wasn't she? So I'm quite sure that uh, she would have been happy for you to go and play your game. <laughs> And then pick her up and take her to the hospital. Well, we're still... But she realised it wasn't going to happen that way. Yeah. We're still married. So that's, um, that's yes, one thing, isn't still... it? <laughs> By the time the second one came along, you had you knew more about what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, t 2004, Neve came along and she was in a, even a more of a hurry than, um, yeah. in more of a hurry than Flynn. She, yes, she lasted yes. about. I think I parked the car at ten to six, uh, or I left Kirsten at the door, 
at 10 to 6, went and parked the car, and Neve was born at 12 minutes past 6, I think. That was oh, my goodness. 20, 22 minutes between um, Kirsten getting out of the car and Neve coming into the world. So, yeah. Hmm. I um, remember Kirsten saying she thought she thought it was going to happen in the left. <laughs> yeah. Well, she didn't get to the birthing suite. She had she had Neve in the waiting room of the um, or the the where they run the classes. The pre, oh dear, the prenatal classes. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it was it was a bit exciting. So it was certainly was mm. it difficult because you weren't there in person to celebrate the birth of your grandchildren or did you just take that in your stride and think oh that look forward to the next trip well we were well yes once once uh, uh once uh, flynn was born we we were already planning the next trip anyway you know and um i think we brought it forward we brought it forward mm. made it as soon as possible he was such a bunny baby, really was. You know, well, they both were, but uh, he was—he really was. You know, <laughs> you could drown in those beautiful eyes. Mm. Yeah. There's a beautiful shot. We might put it up on the um, Facebook page. There's a beautiful shot of uh, of JC holding Flynn, and Flynn got a, has got a big grin on his face, and. John's got a big grin on his face. You've got it in a in a frame in in the lounge room of your place. Yes, it's, uh-huh. it's yes. my it's one of my favourite shots. It's just a beautiful yes. photograph. Let's go out and I can't be saved. Tides that I tried to swim against have brought me down on my knees. I beg, I beg, I beg and plead, Unsaid, shoot an apple off my head. A trouble that can't be named. A tiger's waiting to be tamed. Singing. That concludes episode number one, season seven of Mondays with Millie. In episode two, Millie has a very up-close and personal encounter with another deadly pandemic. And this time, there's a very personal cost. JC contracts SARS, and the effects are ultimately devastating. Look forward to your company again next week. Cursed missed opportunities Am I part of the cure? Am I part of the disease?
Mondays with Millie is an e-learn production. Editing and dodgy guitar work by yours truly, Phil Cristofaro. Vocal work by Millie's granddaughter, Neve. <laughs>